Okay, so Kristen Welker happens to be a woman and happens to be, I don't know of her, she's not a white person. I don't know what her ethnicity is. I don't know. And she says this, and talk about full of herself, talk about self-importance, and then talk about just being clueless. Go ahead. Before we go, I want to take a moment to thank you, our viewers. It is an incredible honor to be sitting in this chair, and I feel the huge responsibility it carries. Stop for a second. She hosts a talk show on Sunday morning, all right? It's a public affairs show. I think the networks are even required to carry them, right? I mean, that's just the huge responsibility. We just saw you spin for Democrats. I guess that is a big responsibility in its own way, but don't pretend what you do is journalism and then, okay, here she is about to play the woman card and the race card. Okay, both. Go ahead. I also want to recognize all of the women, all of the people of color who've been pathfinders to make this moment possible, as well as all of the journalists who've mentored me along the way. When my colleague Andrea Mitchell applied for her first job at a news radio station in Philadelphia in 1967, she was told the newsroom was no place for a woman. Stop. Well. All right. We all saw the Mary Tyler Moore show, right? We know what it was like back then. You know, women, I'm sorry, are like men. They're, they're competitive. And when women get competitive at the workplace, sometimes we call it catty, right? They can be catty. Men can be catty, but women especially. I think it's more of a woman thing than a – wouldn't you agree, James? Flipping. Hello? Well, Yeah. I, hey, Greg. I, I think the the cattiness term tends to rear its head more often with women. Yeah. But men can be catty they as can. well. Oh, yeah. B-I-T-C-H-E-S's. Right. Most of the time, I think with men, it's usually the word rude is used more often than B-I-T-C-H. No, if you and I were plotting and scheming against each other for airtime, that would be catty. That's what a lot of the women do, too. Yeah, competitive. I think catty can be used both, but but primarily whatever. But she's trying to say up with women, up with women. Like we're all support. No, they don't all support. I know. I know firsthand. All right. Women supporting women is a big myth. Men supporting men doesn't happen. Women supporting women doesn't happen. I wish it happened, but it doesn't. Right. Don't you think that's sort of a little bit cringe the way she's talking about NBC? Yes. Like everybody wants to pretend like that's it's still they're the standard bearers of like news or something like that. Come on. Watch this. It gets even it gets even more nauseating. Okay, keep going. She talked them into hiring her for the overnight shift. I'm here because she and other fearless women never stopped fighting for their places in the newsroom. Stop! All right. A fearless woman is Amelia Earhart, okay? Andrea Mitchell trying to get a job at a TV station is not a fearless woman, all right? I wasn't fearless when I got rejected from 80 stations across the country when I was trying for my first job. It goes with the territory. Fearless women. But listen to this. So this is the oldest show, apparently. Meet the Press has been on TV since like 1948 or something, right? Well, I think this kind of undermines everything she's been saying for the last 10 minutes. Keep going. Now, all five Sunday shows are moderated or co-moderated by women. So to Martha, hey, hold Margaret, on. That's, Dan- not, that's not the part that undermines everything. But what about the dudes? You know what I mean? You see what's happening? Especially to be a white man. It's like white men... You can't be in the company of another white person because that will be seen as not diverse enough or whatever. What about diversity of thought? What about diversity of, I don't know, who you are, what skills you have or what 
what background you come from, a sports background, um, a finance background, something that means something. Not what somebody looks like, but it's going to get very phony and weirder in a second. Keep going. And Shannon, I am incredibly honored to join you on Sunday mornings. I also stand on the shoulders of the first moderator and co-founder of this broadcast, Martha Roundtree, who had the courage to launch this program back in 1947. Here's what she had to say accepting a Peabody Award on the mission of Meet the Press. As long as the press of America is free, America will be free. And what we have tried to do is to bring the press conference, the heart of our free press, to the whole nation. Let us never forget that information belongs to the American people. And it is that information which Meet the Press has been trying to bring each week in the homes of the American people. An informed public means a strong republic, and Meet the Press is dedicated to that cause. All right, notice that she's not talking about being a woman. And she's it's the first person to host the show in 1948 it was a woman and 80 years later whatever it is she's still talking about breaking barriers the barrier was there was no barrier the first day of work isn't that amazing yeah it really is i, I mean and also just hearing uh the comments from back in the 40s kind of in reference to i guess the importance of the press and giving people access to that kind of stuff yeah that makes a lot of sense but things are so different now in this day and age of the Internet and, and social media. People have a much more unvarnished look at stuff that's going on in the world of media. And, you know, to say that you still need this, like, specially filtered Sunday morning show to get the people access to information. I don't know. It seems a little bit quaint, actually. Yeah. I mean, we actually don't need – you see the filter. You see the distortion. You see the lies that they engage in in real t- – you see it right there. So – why do we need it? And why does she need to get paid millions and millions of dollars? I mean, the, it's the, content. It's just another show. I wonder if they actually make money on that show. I mean, look, I want everybody to have a job, whatever. I like making fun of it. I do. I, yeah. like, I, I mean, it's, it's an exercise in, in, in media criticism. That's part of being part of it. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but uh, boy, she, she made it sound like she just got back from the moon. You know, this honor. All right. Enough about her. Uh, James, got anything else going on? Yeah, well, let's see. Obviously, you know the gridlock alert here. Oh. We can just look outside the window. It's- All right. Right after there's UN stuff. And um, what else do we got going here? Another homage to my friend Curtis. We'll do that later on. Okay. And uh, all right. Um, let's see here. They keep telling me I got to tease something coming oh. up. <laughs> got to do some work here. Okay. Oh, um, uh, uh, Lewis Black said something great. It was great. All right. Yeah, we'll do that in a little bit. Uh, I'll be right back. Hey, oh, my God. I forgot. We didn't mention this, and it just came and went so fast. Did you see that guy on his bicycle who was killed by those um, those two kids in the car? They're driving around videoing it. They're crashing into people on purpose, cars, whatnot. And then they see a guy on his bike, and then they say, get his ass. And they ram right into him, and they kill the guy. They killed him. They killed him. This happened in Las Vegas over the weekend, and I'm not seeing a damn thing about it anywhere. I saw it on. I saw it on. Uh, what did I see? A Twitter of one of those videos popped up, and I'm like, "Good God, I've never seen anything like that." Did you see that? Yeah, absolutely horrific. I actually think it happened sometime in August. As a matter of fact, I I don't know why it's starting to kind of like go viral now, but I, I don't think it just happened. I think. Because there was something about I saw some reports where originally outlets like the 
you know, papers there in Vegas. What's their big one? The Las Vegas Journal or something like that. Um, reported that it was just a car accident, that this guy got hit by a bike. And then later, cell phone video came out showing that, you know, it was murder, basically. That they intentionally ran this guy over while he was riding a bike. A former police officer, by the way, who retired and moved to Las Vegas. Well, it doesn't make it less newsworthy. You know, when when video emerges of something bad, it makes news. Often, you know, if it doesn't have to come out that night. You right. Know, remember the beating of the guy in Arkansas? That it came out a couple of weeks later. Right. That's right. And that was horrific as well. I mean, <laughs> you know, so much of this is because America is having a hideous and stupid conversation about race to avoid having a substantive, important, consequential, and helpful one. And I notice actually that you know <laughs> they will ignore race when it might reflect a black person or a person of color behaving badly they will ignore it or downplay it cast it aside but if it happens to be a white person acting badly wow it's highlighted and they bend over backwards maybe it's an example of white supremacy right Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it certainly seems that way there there's certain sub aspects of stories that do get focused on and sometimes don't get focused on and it does seem as though that's kind of an overarching direction from newsrooms and, and directions of content. So anything else I got to know about the United Nations? Uh, let's see. You know, President Biden's giving a speech tomorrow. There's all kind of road closures up. Um, Prince William is in the city and he's going to attend the uh, U.N. General Assembly. You know, I hope he does a better job than Harry a couple of years ago. Harry got up and made a f- complete fool out of himself, almost as bad as when he married Meghan. I mean, it was really bad. No, he got up there. He started talking about January 6th and, you know, stuff he has no clue about. And I wouldn't be surprised if William makes the same mistake because William, even though he's a he's smarter than his brother, has also made stupid comments Mm -hmm. about January 6th that he knows. Stay the hell out of it, uh, Bill. Also, uh, today you're wearing a collared shirt. You have a, a blazer on. You'd be a little overdressed for the U.S. Senate, apparently, because they changed the dress code. You no longer have to wear a suit and tie if you're a U.S. senator. This is all to take care of that uh, that sleestack Fetterman, right? That zombie. What the hell? He goes to he. I, I wear better clothes when I go to Seven <laughs> Eleven. I do. Yeah, he likes to wear basketball shorts and hoodies. Thing about basketball shorts, one of the reasons why I don't wear them is number one, I don't play basketball. Number two, I feel like somebody could pull them down very easily. That is true. Yeah, they kind of have a tendency to... Very vulnerable. And your pockets aren't so great there. You know, it's... Right. Too low. I mean, he really does... Uh, whatever. All right. Well, uh, noted for when I get to the Senate. There you I go. Can, I can...